Before we dive into our chat with Enneagram Ashton, go ahead and take a quick Enneagram quiz, just so it doesn't sound like we're trying to decipher some really intense math. We're also super excited to be hosting our first ever virtual diaper drive, benefiting the National Diaper Bank Network, now through February 14th. Go to HiMyNameIsMom.com and click the diaper drive menu to donate. And while you're donating some diapers, go on over to Patreon.com slash HiMyNameIsMom and get signed up so that you don't miss a single 10-minute gab fest out every Wednesday. We are wives, entrepreneurs, entertainers, executives, and at the end of the day, we are all moms, all at the same time and never in the same order. (laughs) This is Hi, My Name is Mom, a podcast about motherhood. Here are your hosts, Jen, Corey, and Kayla. We are drinking some wine, Kayla and I here in the studio. We've got Jen on Zoom because she doesn't feel great. Yeah. You won't let us share any... uh, videos because she said oh my gosh it's terrifying (laughs) it's mostly that she just looks really pale i do i look really pale you're a beautiful ghost jen (laughs) you are the most beautiful ghost if you want to haunt me in my sleep oh i'll give you a hug wait what do you (laughs) say if you want to hump (laughs) she said haunt kayla but i heard hump as well i totally heard hump i'm like what version of Corey is this a good one What are y'all drinking over there, by the way? I've had like three sips of wine. Yeah. What is it? Galvinards. Oh, you're missing out tonight. It is a. Oh. Uh, she brought the reserve and the reserve cow. Oh, I like that one. And Ooh. I'm super excited about today's episode because we've talked a lot about personality types and love languages. Mm-hmm. And something I I don't know when the first time you guys heard of Enneagrams was, but for me, it's been only a couple years, I think. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I've definitely done personality tests and all of that stuff. But it started trending, I feel like, a couple totally. years ago. Totally. Yeah. It got to be this thing that everyone's like, what Enneagram type are you? And I'm like, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> and then I kind of went down the rabbit hole of trying to figure out what I was. But there's all these different tests and, and, and different ways to figure out what you are and all these wings, which I don't know. I was like, I don't know what a wing <laughs> is. You know, we, we just were all so intrigued by it that we found a fellow mama who is an <laughs> expert at Enneagrams. And so she's going to help us dive into what our Enneagrams mean, what are they, and then like how they can affect us or like our mothering styles. I feel like this ties into us, you know, our identities as moms, they shift so much when we become moms. Yeah. And also our kids, like how we mother different types is really important and how we relate to them and how we show love and how they receive love and all of it just is so different kid to kid, you know? I think we should dive into this episode if, as soon as I can get over the fact that you thought that I said that you can hump Jen me in my sleep. And help me. <laughs> oh Wouldn't my be God. the first time I've been propositioned. Joining us today, we have Ashton Enneagram. Ashton, hi, Ashton. Hey, thanks so Yay. much for having me. I'm having so much fun already. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're hitting all the topics, all the good points. (laughs) You know, we're just going to talk about uh, swinging and humping right before we get into our personality test. You know, I bet, I bet Ashton's like, I have a lot to say about you, Corey. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. So, Ashton. She she is literally Enneagram Ashton. You can find her at EnneagramAshton.com and then at Enneagram Ashton on socials. And she just has all this amazing information about personality types and what they mean and um, a whole website on sort of digging in deeper on your personality type and how to make the best version of you that you can. Ashton, can you tell us a little bit about 
how you got into that? Yeah. The Enneagram has been super um, incredible in my life. And I have my bachelor's and master's degree in psychology. So I'm a psychologist by trade and have always worked in the field of violence prevention, but kind of shifted to helping other people learn more about themselves and how to interact with others by using the framework of the Enneagram. So um, the Enneagram is an ancient typing system, meaning that it separates people into types not like the sorting hat from Harry Potter, which most people <laughs> think is similar. It's not, Never you know, telling you. Harry Potter. What? In I know, Scotland, right? I went to the cafe where she wrote the books. And I had so, coffee. So it's as good as you having read them. Yeah. I was in Scotland and I was like, oh, I want a cup of coffee. I'm freezing. I'm going to go walk around a castle. And there was this little cafe and it was randomly like pretty open. And I walked in there and like, oh, was it J.R. Rowling or J.K. Rowling? J.K.R. <laughs> oh my right. God. They're like, she wrote Harry Potter right there. And then there was like this whole like sign. And I was like, cool. I'm not even a fan. I don't even know what her name is. Cool. But I took, JR. A, I took a picture by it and I'm like. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> the Enneagram <laughs> is nine different types. So there are nine different types on the Enneagram. And what's different from other personality tests like Myers-Briggs or Strength Finders is it's not talking about your behaviors or what you do, for example, like extroverted and introverted. Instead, it talks about your motivation. So what is motivating you to act a certain way, to behave or to you know do things a certain way? Um, so essentially, we could all be doing the same behavior, but have a different motivation behind it. And once you understand that about yourself and other people, you can start to, you know, understand and grow and, you know, have more self-compassion, have more compassion for others, things like that. I love that. You know, we just did a gab fest on on someone's intention on doing something versus their action. And we were saying actions can usually be forgiven if you know the intention. And so I never put that together, but that's exactly what it is. It really seems like a much more accurate way to figure out who a person is. It's interesting. I've had to take a lot of these tests in my executive life at almost every single company I've worked for has taken like a group of executives to an offsite and they've either done Myers-Briggs or they've done Enneagram. And it's like, who are you? What motivates you to make the decisions you make? And I always kind of thought it was silly because I'm like, really, is that going to change how I interact with people? But it truly act, it truly does. When you get to the mm-hmm. heart of why someone behaves the way they do, you can really have empathy for them. And it, it just kind of, it puts the relationship in a different, I think in a different box, you know? Totally. And that's what I love about it is the ability to, you know, offer empathy and truly understand why somebody else is doing things the way that they do. Um, And when I say that, like the Enneagram has been extremely impactful in my life, like it's changed all of my relationships between, you know, my sister, my family members, my husband, like being able to understand why they, you know, do things the way that they do. You're just able to, you know, go through life being in agreement more. Can I just tell you, I would not be joining this this podcast for anyone. With any other like. Yeah, subject. because I've just so been excited. so sick the last two days. But we did a podcast, I don't know, maybe like 
I don't know, four or five months ago about when you disagree with your village, like the village of people that are around you and raising your kids and raising your family and how to navigate that. And a lot of that content actually came from some dynamics in my community, like in my neighborhood. There's just a lot of very different personalities. And so three of us started reading The Road Back to You and really diving into what our Enneagram types were. And it's, it's been a very eye-opening experience, like to see how people relate and who people really seem taken by, you know, it's like, how, okay, yeah. so you really react this way because you're an eight and mm-hmm. you react this way because you're a nine. And like, it, it's been really, it's been really interesting. Do you want to kind of map out what those types are and yeah. then we'll share what we are? Yeah. Yeah. So the Enneagram, like I said, is made up of nine different types. The types that I'm going to use when I'm talking to you come from the Enneagram Institute. There are a lot of different names for the types out there. So even if, you know, I say a name and you're like, oh, I've never heard of that. Other names aren't wrong. It's just, these are the ones that I use. So just, I like to preface it with that. And like I said, your Enneagram is made up of your core, your motivation. So it's your biggest fear and your biggest desires. So each type has a biggest fear that kind of motivates them for doing or not doing something, and then what they really want, their biggest desire. So for ones, ones are the reformer. Their biggest desire is to be seen as a good person, to be ethical, to be moral and right. Their biggest fear then is to be wrong, to not be seen as a good person, really to be considered like bad. Twos are the helper. Their biggest desire is to be loved and wanted. They, you know, want to be liked by others. And then their biggest fear is to not be wanted. So not being wanted, not being liked, um, and not being appreciated. Threes, they are the achiever. They're motivated by a need to be seen as successful, to be seen as the best, They are ultimately looking um, for respect from people. And then their biggest fear is often failure. So they fear failure the most, but then they also fear um, being seen as like incompetent or incapable of doing something. Fours are the individualist. They're motivated by a need to be seen as unique or different or special. They like to create significance. And then their biggest fear is that there's something wrong with them so that they're flawed or defective, um, that something is different. So they like to be different, but they don't want to be defective. The five is the investigator. Their biggest desire is to be seen as knowledgeable. And so they like to gain knowledge and then they are afraid of uh, being seen as ignorant or not knowing something or, um, you know, also that competence piece is really important to them too. Six is the loyalists. Their biggest fear is often fear itself, but they also fear um, being without security, guidance, um, They are often in tune with like safety. They think about safety a lot. And so then their biggest desire is to feel safe and secure in all all that they do. Sevens, they are um, the entertainer. They are often the most outgoing on the Enneagram. They are motivated by a need to um, experience new things. 
just to constantly be on the go. And then they're often afraid of being trapped in emotional pain. And so they will avoid any and all negativity and go do the things because that's like burying it. And they often are just trying to seek contentment. The eight is the challenger. Their biggest desire is to protect themselves and other people. So they're very big into making sure that they're protected and that their people are protected. And then their biggest fear is being seen as weak or powerless or being controlled in some way. And then nines, the peacemaker, they are um, motivated by a desire to like maintain a peaceful environment to, you know, kind of go. You probably have heard, you know, them. they're the ones that go with the flow. They go along to get along, things like that. And that's because of their innate fear of conflict. That was such Simplify a great, it so easily. Oh my gosh. And it's so crazy because I think I feel, I, I think I identify with the one that I am, mm-hmm. but there are so many pieces and I understand that's kind of how it works. Like, yeah. right. You have pieces mm-hmm. of all these, but, um, but it's interesting to hear you say that because I'm like, oh, but that's me. But the fear side of it isn't. Oh no. I pulled out like, my chart and I'm like, oh my, every time she would say something, I'm like, yep. I know. Yep. yep well, do you want to yep. go first? You have your, oh, your chart pulled up. You want to tell I her what you are? I do have my chart pulled up. I yeah. am a very strong two. Yeah. Um, what is, what does that mean? Wing, wing three. three. Yeah. Yeah. The helper with a w- achiever wing. Yeah. And yep. then I have someone on there, but I'm mostly two. We have some of three. all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Um, yeah. And, but big. that one, two, three is very strong for Yeah. Her. My two is very big. And then wing three and then one and then seven and four for my other ones. But um, yeah, two and one and two and three. And then- no, the other ones are small, but like I will say four, like five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But um, what's funny is I took probably 10 different tests and I was strong in two and all of them and all yeah. came up too. And I'm yeah. like. <sighs> let me be the achiever. I want to be the <laughs> achiever. And because I will say it, it's funny. Be, I think for me, the two makes me a really good mom in a lot of aspects, but it also sometimes makes me really unhealthy emotionally in friends groups and in my marriage and just in my own self, like, worth emptying your own yeah and then when you said when you said six is like there are the people that are they try to protect themselves they want safety that's like my weakest one and i'm like oh my gosh i'm reckless with myself i am like (laughs) nothing in six (laughs) when you find out that information about someone ashton like what's the first move for you like do you do you feel like you know me Yeah. So I'm also a two with a really strong three wing. And to everybody else, I look like a three. So when I first discovered the Enneagram, um, my family like swore up and down that I was a three because I'm always like, you know, I think my family would think that of me too. I don't think they would think I was a two. I think my personal friends know how much of a two I am. Yeah. But I, I am totally mm-hmm. with you Because you're a performer that. and yeah, yeah. because yeah. I'm loud, they automatically assume <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of things and growing up, what's funny is I used to get really frustrated because I would say, you know, I'm an, I'm an entertainer and I like to be like, I like to achieve because I like to make people happy. That was always my motivation behind it. 
It wasn't because I needed the glory. It was because I liked making people happy and I genuinely That's liked exactly entertaining. That's exactly me, Kayla. And I always felt so misunderstood because people would just think I was like self-conceited and selfish and that hurt my feelings so bad. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so it's, it's funny, like all that goes together. Yeah. You know, we can't always assume the types of other people because yeah. we're looking at behaviors, right? So people are looking at you being loud and an entertainer, but what is it truly inside that's motivating you? So two wing three, how would that impact my mothering? Like with the knowledge that you have, like what advice yeah. would you have for a two wing three as a mom in raising yeah. kids? What are signs I need to watch for? Helicopter parenting. <laughs> so, you know, the need to like constantly be so involved in <laughs> <laughs> did that relate did that hit a bone well it's only funny because the amount of times like i've put the helicopter emoji over like when i post pictures of me and my daughter and i'll be like what kind of parent am i in like i literally use the helicopter emoji as a joke. <laughs> that's so funny it's probably not fair to judge yourself right now while she's like i don't know 21 months right wait till she's like four and yeah. see if you're still with the helicopter emoji Oh my gosh. So that's no, so that's I, I the make thing, fun right? Myself is, with the helicopter. So as soon as you said yeah. that, I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but but for twos, you know, they they have that need to feel loved and wanted. So they're going to want that from their kids as well, you know? So like just I always say to my, I mean, my daughter's 13 months, right? I'm like, just love me, pick me over your dad, you know, like <laughs> Like come to me. And, you know, it kind of is a joke for me because, you know, like she's 13 months. She, you know, needs her basic needs met. Um, but I know like knowing that as they grow older, that I'm going to need to be aware of that. When I was researching this, I kind of like got the idea that there's this healthy version of whatever Enneagram you are and then the unhealthy, mm -hmm. unhealthy version. And then the sort of somewhere in between. Yeah. And, and I, when I was reading it, I thought it was so interesting because I feel like I was mostly a healthy version of my type. And then when I became a mother, I kind of slipped into this, like these pieces of like more average versions okay. where your types then what are yours? So I'm a three wing too. Okay. But whenever I've done tests, I've always, it's, I've, I've also, it usually comes down to a seven or a three Yeah, for me. Similar. Every personality test I've ever done, I'm like the optimist, quote unquote, uh -huh. like the eternal optimist. I'm going to like show you the silver lining, but I don't necessarily, I don't have a fear of negative emotions, but it's just sort of, that's the, always the number You're one so thing. Positive. And the three things interesting because I am a performer. I've always been a, been a performer. And one of the things I read was that a lot of times you get this positive feedback if you were like a child actor, which I was. So this like positive feedback that came at me as a child, when I was performing, um, that kind of carries over and it makes you continue to want to achieve in that yeah. way. But I identify more with the twos in terms of like, my motivation was like, oh, when I do that, people smile. But then I'll like, my sister is an amazing performer, but never followed that path. And so say the two of us are like at a karaoke bar uh, and someone's like, Corey, do you want to do karaoke? Well, I'm a professional musician. And I'll be like, no, 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 I'm good. And my mm -hmm. sister will be like, I'll sing. And so that's where. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's the same for me. Yeah. I have no desire to get up and sing. But yeah. like, 
That, yeah, I've kind of, I was a shy that. kid and I really, I, but I did all this like theater and all that stuff as a kid and it kind of made me come out of my shell in a way that I was sort of faking it. I can pretend that I can be outgoing. I can pretend that I'm comfortable walking into a room full of strangers. I'm not. Like I've never, I've never been super comfortable with that, but I've just lived with it long enough that it comes pretty naturally to me now. But it's interesting because that achievement thing really speaks to me. I need to take things off a list. I need to accomplish something or I don't feel like I'm worthy. And as a mother, it was a really big shift for me because I was really lucky to be able to fully focus on dreams that weren't fulfilled and then have successful career stuff happening where it was ticking those boxes. And I was able to, you know, do things I was proud of. And then when I became a mother, it became very hard for me to slow down and think that it's okay for me not to be continuing to be productive, to accomplish, accomplish, achieve, 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 even though I feel like. I don't necessarily have anything to prove to anyone. So it's confusing to me why I need to do that. And these are conversations I have with my husband where I say like, you know, sometimes I wish I was okay being like, I can just be a stay at home mom. Mm -hmm. And instead I just feel like I got ants in my pants. And sometimes oh I'm like, I just need to like do a thing today. And I'm that person who kind of wants to put something on a list to take it off the list. And so that to me is where I slide back into making myself busy rather than being productive because I'm trying to achieve something. And that's where as a mom, I really see where I struggle with that. And it gave me a lot of clarity reading about these personality types. Yeah. And so for threes too, as moms, you know, it is that constant need to like be the best mom you can be to be you know the one who has the pinterest valentine's oh, that's day jen. cards that's jen <laughs> the one. here's the interesting yeah. thing is that you would think and this has been really weird for me because i'm like i thought i'd want to be like room mom and like killing it at the craft my kid's gonna have the like crazy science project and instead i'm like hey, if you were two different shoes i don't care <laughs> I'm, I'm like so funny. I and these girls know and Jen's the one who was like I will be the room mom my crafts are going to be great like I interestingly and I think it'll be interesting to see what Jen sort of struggles with what she is I, I don't so are you confident that you're a three or do you still feel like you could be a seven I mean I guess I guess I don't know I I felt mm -hmm. like when I read up on it that it, the three wing two made a lot of sense to me where um, I definitely have some of those two tendencies, but I felt like I identified with the fears of the three, two. But are like, you reading it as like the motivation for your behavior or as the behavior? Because I could see both of those for you for sure. Yeah. And that's, that's where I struggle too. So I'm curious to hear what she thinks about your, like, do you ever look at people and you're like, I know you think you're this, but you're this. Is that part of, is that I try not to, but, it, <laughs> but I'd be lying if I said I didn't do that, you know? <laughs> Um, so, so I think this will be great, um, information for your listeners too, but if you're stuck between a couple types, there's some things that you can think about one being, uh, what stresses you out and where, like how you act when you're stressed, because part of the Enneagram is that each type has a different number that they go to when they're stressed. So oh, that's right. That's the thing. So maybe I thing, go right? to a three when I'm stressed or something. I don't, can, you can't I don't go to so. a three from a seven. No. Right? No. no. Sevens go to one. But oh, I'm married to a one. Ones can look like threes at times. Um, and threes go to nine when they're stressed. What do twos go to? Twos go to eight. Oh, that's so. Oh, I said that today, didn't yeah. I? 
I yeah, was like, that's eight? what's interesting. I think about my quandary too. I'm I'm loving hearing this, all of oh this, because it's so, like so cool. With Corey's numbers, what advice would you give her, like with parenting? Um, yeah, if we can so, figure out what number I am, yeah. right? Or let's so, just go three and seven because you said those are your, yeah. We already chat about like twos. I, the thing is, coming into here, I was so confident I was a three wing two. I did. Sorry, like, I screwed no, up. no. Actually, this is what I want because I yeah. want. I feel you know what's interesting, Ashton, is that even just learning about like why I would behave the way I behave kind of like took a weight off my back because I feel a lot of guilt about not feeling like I have it in me. To just go like, well, I was supposed to do this. Like, for instance, this week, my kids were supposed to be in school and then they weren't because of snow and because of teachers being sick and whatnot. And then that expectation I had that I was going to like hit all of these boxes I needed to handle wasn't there. Now, is the world going to fall apart if I don't do that? No, but I have a hard time with that. And then that makes it hard for me to just like drive Hot Wheels cars for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, to- I totally get that. Like having COVID in my household for three weeks, I'm like, what did I even accomplish these past yeah. three weeks? Like no idea. Yeah. But an important thing to remember is that that mom guilt is here with or without the Enneagram, right? It's something right. that a lot of us struggle with as moms. And, you know, is that a piece of your Enneagram type? I don't know, you know? Um, and just something to, to like when you're trying to think of your type, like really sit with not just like present day, right? Not just who you are today. You have to think about who you were as a teenager, who you were, you know, in grade school, who you were in college, you know, things like that, um, because it should be consistent your whole life. Can I ask you, that's actually a really good point because does your Enneagram shift as you age or the Enneagram that you found yourself as, as a child, is that what follows you through your life? Yeah. Yeah. You are born with your type. All Enneagram experts will say that you were born with your type. Um, If they don't say that, then move on from their website. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So what is interesting about that, right. Is that, you know, we grow up and we age and our behaviors change, but the Enneagram is not about behaviors, right? So we should be able to look back in our life and see our motivation shine through in different ways. But what if your motivation does change? Like what if as you become a mom, your whole motivation for being, I mean, for a lot of us, right? Your whole motivation shifts, why you do things, how you do things, the weight of importance you put on things, the my motivation every single day is completely different than it was when I was 18. And, and, and that drives sort of different, different things in my life. So I'm just curious, you, you feel like um, it doesn't ever shift. Like you're, you're born this type and like your motivation stays pure your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and obviously things are, are going to shift. Right. So for example, me being a two that need to feel loved and wanted, right. Growing up, I could see that looking back on it as, you know, seeing that love and affection from my parents. That didn't mean that they didn't show me love and affection. It's just kind of like what you were talking about earlier, that intent versus impact thing um, that, you know, I was perceiving things a certain way. Mm-hmm. Can um, I just interrupt and say, yeah. I'm so sorry to interrupt, but it's funny because hearing you say that. I almost feel like attacked in a good way because Corey and Jen both know that like I struggle with feeling appreciated sometimes mm-hmm. or feeling like, like, oh, do you guys really need me and needing them to tell me that? And it's I'm like and then I get mad at myself because I'm like, why do I need that? And I do the same thing with Jonathan. And even growing up, I always struggled feeling validated mm-hmm. and 
And just knowing that I was born that way. And we're like, yeah, duh. Of course we need you. Yeah. And, uh, and then yeah, like, talk about? It, it's so funny. <laughs> so, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt no, you, but I was like, yeah. that's so interesting to hear. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, that's just me. Like that's yeah. just, that's just me. Coming from my inside. It's coming like right there. I can't do anything about it. I just need to feel validated. Yeah. And so then, you know, that that's going to show up later then. So you know, like you mentioned with friendships and mm-hmm. in career and in, you know, all of these different areas. So you can see how it, you know, goes down a specific path that there are going to be things that change, you know, becoming a mom has, you know, I'm, I still consider myself a fairly new mom having a 13 month old um, has completely changed, you know, the way that I perceive things and obviously multiple areas of my life. Um, but that deep seated motivation is still there. Interesting. I like hearing you explain that. That makes a lot yeah. of sense. And it also, it makes me want to really think back on what I was like as a kid, because I have changed so much. I'm in my forties now and I just feel like I'm such a different person. Um, we were even just having this conversation about how like I used to be much more of a pleaser and I used to avoid conflict at all costs. And now I'm very direct. I want people to know where they stand with me and I want the same from them. And I think a lot of that though has to do with experience. It doesn't change who you are. My motivation is probably to still feel a certain way. So maybe I'm still, I still want to just feel comfortable and confident with like knowing where I stand with people and that the way that I get there has just changed or something. Yeah. And like you had mentioned before, there are these different levels of health. So there's a healthy version, an average version and an unhealthy. And so that can change definitely, right? Like throughout your life, you can be in an unhealthy spot. You can be in a healthy spot. You can be in an average spot, whatever your wings. So your wings are on either side of your type and they can fluctuate back and forth. You know, you have the type that you go to in stress and when you're in growth. So you're going to look different at different points in your life, but those main motivations should stay the same. Okay. So with three being your strongest, what would you, what advice would you give her as a mom? Slow down. Threes are just constantly on the go, constantly, you know, needing to like, you know, do all the things and really just to to be present, to slow down and be present in in the moment and to be okay when things don't get done. That is a hundred percent the advice that oh when gosh. when we were t- we we did this episode last week about goals, and that was my goal. Do less. Yeah. Do less and be okay with it. Those yeah, were the yeah. words out of my mouth. Oh my I am the person who people say, oh, well, she just does it all. Like you're superwoman and blah, blah, blah. And I feel like I'm sort of scrambling most of the time. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, you think I'm doing it all? I feel like I'm half-assing everything. I feel like I'm doing everything at about a 10%, about 10% of what I could do it at because I'm doing so many doing things. Yeah. yeah. So I'm hard. excited to jump into Jen because like, <laughs> Thicker than a dog. She's like, I'm not missing this episode. <laughs> I feel a lot better because I took a bunch of Dayquil. So now I feel just like totally she's jittery. Yeah, it's like bizarre. Okay, so I'm going to wait to see what you say. I have my tests have really never changed through the years. Like I and, and it's interesting because I still am in a place where I'm not 100% sure what I am. I come back and I've taken tests that are really simple tests and I've taken super in-depth hundred question tests where the questions are the same thing worded differently four different times to see, you know, it's like I've taken a lot of them and Mm -hmm. I come, I always come back equal parts 
three, two and eight, seven. And for a long time, I was like, well, I really need to like marinate on this. Right. Because I know, I know my, my motivation is, is achiever. Like that's been my motivation my whole life, you know, whether it was in front of the camera when I was a kid or, you know, getting the first job out of high school or, you know, getting the internship that everyone else wanted, or like, I was always, always, always achieving from a very young age. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I, I have to be the best at every job. I have to be the one that has the product everyone wants. Um, you know, when I, when I sell, when I sell shows, it's like that feeds my, that feeds my soul. It is my motivation. I'm a diabolical, diabolical multitasker. It's just <laughs> ingrained in me in a way. And like Corey's funny because she's like, I do everything 10%. I'm like my whole life is I, I can't, especially now that I have kids, I can't do anything a hundred percent and be all of these things and wear all these hats, but I do a hundred percent of the things in my life. 85%, everything gets 85%. <laughs> um, That's pretty high. I, it is. And you know, yeah, it, that it is came from high. like, it came from Apple. Honestly, I believe it was Apple. Like maybe seven or eight years ago, I heard this interview where one of the executives was talking about how they figure out where they made all the mistakes, right? Release something and then re they release it at 85% and then release an update. And I'm like, well, that's fabulous. I can live like that. I can do all of these things in my life as, you know, B plus as I possibly can and then release my version of an update. Um <laughs> <laughs> but I am people who people who really like really know me know that in like another life I probably would have been like a consumer rights lawyer or a litigator because I'm the person that if there's an injustice going on if something in the school system doesn't seem right if there is a freedom being infringed on I'm the person that's standing up at the school board meeting and I'm not stopping until I get it fixed I'm the person yeah. that will sign your petition, but I'm right, right, right. I'm the person that's like guys, it's fine. It's Everyone fine. chill. But it's, you know, I also, as, as an adult, you know, I've lived in five different states and I've had to be a chameleon, you know, to fit into like all of these different groups of people. And I've had to pull different parts of my personality out. But I think all of that stems from this desire to, to need to be liked and accepted by people. And so, I, so I don't know. I am really. Doesn't she sound more like a three than me, like in this conversation? <laughs> So the, I mean, threes and eights often look similar. They yeah. are very, they're very strong personalities. Ones, threes and eights are the strongest personalities. Um, the biggest difference is you had mentioned a couple of times this desire to be liked and really essentially that you care what people think about you. Is that correct? It is correct to a point. Mm -hmm. And it's, eights very, it's really accurate. Don't really care that much do they not care in health or do they just not care in stress wait what'd she say <laughs> i said i'm pretty sure my husband's an eight <laughs> um so they they care in the sense of like they don't want people to see them as weak mm -hmm. or vulnerable um but as far as like everyday things you know, like they, my sister's an eight. She has no problem telling everybody her opinion, telling, you know, everybody what she thinks, um, being that one that's marching into her son's yes. school so and demanding things, you know? Yep. So like that doesn't bother 
an eight. I mean, I don't mind being vulnerable. I'm very vulnerable with people. I don't like being seen as incapable or like lacking the ability to do something. That's like a very troublesome thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also, I rally to fix people. If there's a problem, even if I don't know you very, even if I don't like you, I'm the person that's going to come to your aid. Like if there's somebody that I'm not a crazy fan of, you know, in my community, I'm the person that's going to be like, let's do a meal train. Let's get, let's get some, a case of wine sent over there. You know, I, I, I want to be the fixer. (laughs) I mean, back when COVID first started, that was like the thing. It's like, let's drop off a case of wine. Everybody needs that. Yeah. Everyone Um, needs it. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I really have struggled with whether I'm a three or an eight. And then I've, I've done, I've done a lot of sort of, like introspection on whether, okay, well, am I a three? And then I have a lot of, I mean, clearly if I'm coming out, you know, 50, 50, or in this last one I did, which was a hundred question test, it was like 93 and 90. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, is it that maybe I, I, eight is my, is like an unhealthy side to me. I mean, I know they don't, they're not part of the same triad. Right. But right. is there a, in times of stress, when I feel like I'm being kind of held back from something, or if I feel like, I mean, I always say it's like, if I feel like somebody's trying to mandate something for me or my rights are being infringed on, or if I feel like, you know, I don't know, I, I don't get to make my own decisions about something. I always feel very much an eight, but that's a negative. That's like a control is I, a big thing yeah, for you. Yeah. 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 And that, I mean, that very much sounds like an eight. Yep. Um, but I don't think that's a healthy version of me either. So, and Do I don't feel know. Like- also, I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't give yourself credit for how much you accomplish and how much change you incite. And yeah. there is so much yeah. good that you do because you stand oh, up for, for sure. Even. And so asserting yourself in a way no. that a lot of people won't, that is also yep, yep. a really cool, great. Oh, I, I completely agree. I think it's, that's something that I, I really am, am proud of and passionate of, and don't you but think, a, a lot mean, of that came because I like much like you, Corey, it's like, I almost like tricked myself into believing I was like super confident and super willing to be up in front of, you know, everybody on stage or in front of a camera. And that, that like shaped me as a young kid. So I don't know. I I was going to say, Ashton, I am curious if I have always kind of believed, not always believed, but it's something I feel like I see a lot of as a grown up, And even with my children is that sometimes people's best qualities are also their worst. Yeah. So some mm-hmm. like Kayla is a nurturer. That is just who she is to her core. She takes care of people. She lives to do that. What it also means is that sometimes she's taking care of people when they don't deserve it or she's looking for validation so boundaries. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's like that yeah. amazing quality or someone who's like so excitable in a childlike way that makes them so charming, but also they are childlike and they're emotions sometimes yeah. so there's like the flip side of those good things and that sounds to me what you're talking about Jen where it's like your best quality can also be your weakness does that yes. make sense is that a thing yes I don't know. except we're talking about motivation that's the difference like for me oh, and that's that's yeah. the so sorry. Oh, sorry no so so that's what I was going to say that's the thing that, that I struggle with like I feel like my motivation is fed by the achievement side of me and the rest of it is like personality. And I, I don't know that, but I think that's, I think that's how I feel. It's, yeah. it's, um, I don't know. Well, you really have to think about like why you're doing those things, you know? Mm-hmm. So a three is going to be wanting to do things for others to receive some sort of celebration, right? For doing that. 
um, AIDS. They're kind so, of doing it for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, same like I, I do Those things the for other people and I'm okay if they don't know it came from me, but I'm also okay if they are assuming it came from me. I don't know if that <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> um, what's important to remember about the eight is that the eight is also connected to the two. So a healthy version of the eight is going to be altruistic, helpful, very caring and very empathetic. My sister, I hope she never listens to this, but she can be really nice when she wants to be. (laughs) She can be like super sweet. She's a great gift giver. She like blows me away with her gifts um, because she's so like focused and thoughtful and can really get to there. Right. But if, if you, if, if somebody were to come and attack me as her sister, like it's, it's over. Forget about it. That sounds exactly like my sister, who I actually felt bullied me my entire childhood. Literally, that's exactly what I say, Kayla. Yeah, that's exactly what I say. Because like, and when I hear like eights and stuff, I'm like, oh, that's totally her personality. She's not not outgoing at all, but she's totally dominant. And she was bullying me as a kid. But also like, she is a great gift giver. And she is a caretaker. And she like, if somebody didn't have my back like on anything like she would be like barking at them like have no problem just that's my sister like she can she can treat me however she wants but I mean I used to do her homework in high school she's she was two grades older than me a year older than me but um I did her homework in high school for her so that I could sit in her room with her not even hang out but just so I could just so I could hang out with like just sit on her floor I would do her I would do her math homework (laughs) for her and like I was her DD in high school, Um, but it's so funny, but like just hearing you say that because knowing that I, anyways, when you said that, I was like, oh my gosh. Well, you and Jen, you and Jen get into conflict in the way that sisters do. Well, and and I've said that before. I've said Jen and I, and I'm not in a bad way, but I say, Jen, you remind me of my, of my relationship with my sister. You bully me, but you love me. No, (laughs) no, 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 not even bully, but I think I'm almost threatened sometimes by like Jen's domineering, like. (laughs) <laughs> like personality was stuck. And I think it triggers me to how I felt as a kid. And it's not even sometimes your actions. It just brings on like those feelings that I had as a kid because your characteristics are very bold. Like my sister's it, it hits your weak spots. It mm-hmm. hits your bottom. Are you drawn to certain yeah. numbers? Like in friendships, do, do certain friendships work well because they're just compatible or is it like, if you're a healthy version of your Enneagram number, you're kind of able to yeah. kind of get along with them. Yeah. You have to be a healthy version of you, right? And yeah. you have to seek to understand other people. It's probably the most common question I get in my DMs is, you know, I'm a, I'm a seven and I'm married to a five. Like, what do you think about that? And the reality is, is you could have a really unhealthy seven and a really healthy five, or you could have, you know, two really unhealthy numbers, two really healthy numbers. So it really depends, right? There are certainly characteristics to look for once you know each other's types, once you understand why other people are doing things a certain way. Um, but there's no like good, bad, 
version. You've never been like, yeah, you should definitely not stay together. I mean, if there is a, if there's like a three and an eight, I'll be like, oh, that's an intense combination. Right. Or if there's like two twos. I was just going to say two twos. (laughs) I'm like, you're never making a decision and you both are needy. (laughs) Like, you know, like I'm going to. My husband, I think is a two. Yeah. I don't know that for sure. I don't know that yeah. he's ever taken the test, but I think he's a two. The reason I love the Enneagram is because I've seen so many changes in my relationships. Like, I think probably my sister is the most drastic change because like Kayla said, I thought she was just yelling at me my entire life. And now that I have the language of the Enneagram, I'm like, oh, she's just a passionate person. Like, that's just how she communicates. That's just how she talks. Mm -hmm. And she understands about me that, like, I need a little bit of extra love and care (laughs) and gentleness, right? Um, But, you know, knowing that, then you can move forward in your relationships simply with that knowledge. Where do you recommend? Because obviously we're talking about our specific numbers, which have a lot of overlap. But for someone just approaching this who has never taken a test, who doesn't know what their Enneagram is necessarily, what's a good starting point? So they're going, okay, I heard this podcast and I want to, I want to kind of understand what the best version of me is and the average version and the unhealthy version so that I can kind of reach for the better version of me and kind of understand a little more about myself. What's usually the first thing you would have someone do? Obviously, there's lots of tests out there. Like I know they would take a test and then they can talk to you, right? You dig in with people on this for a living. Yeah, it's it actually brings me an insane amount of joy. Like I'd want to stay on with you for five more hours to truly figure out your types um, because it's so rewarding for me. But it's because I'm a two. <laughs> awesome. um, so, you know, people love quick fixes, right? Like we love immediacy. We want people to tell us what our type is. But the difference, again, with the Enneagram is that it's a process. So there are many, many tests out there. Uh, my thoughts on tests are they're a great place to start if you want to, you know, get your results. I think you all read a couple of your top few, but then dig into those types, right? Like you can't just trust the number one result that you get because it is, you know, complex. It's a complex. Well, thing. and that's a that's a really good point. So for people like me, or maybe even like Corey, who are really between two. How do you, what's the best advice you have for diving in and figuring it out? You had mentioned something about look at where you go to in times of stress. Like, are there Mm -hmm. other things like that that can help you really narrow down what your type might be? Yeah. So there's also this thing called the triads. So the Enneagrams actually split up into three different triads and those groupings have similar characteristics. So two, three, four, they're part of the heart triad. Uh, five, six, seven are part of the head triad and then eight, nine, and one. So for both of you, you know, seven for seven and three, they're in different triads for eight and three, they're in different triads. So, you know, look at those characteristics too. Um, also looking at the wings, like I said before, looking at, um, you know, where you go in stress, sometimes it's helpful to ask the people closest to us, how do I act when I'm stressed? Oh, yeah. Right. Cause we might think yeah. we act a certain way <laughs> and then they're like, Oh, you don't no, want to actually like flip out, which is what twos this, do. Well, Kayla. this is why it was good. This is why it was <laughs> good going through this with I my was just, My husband hates when I'm stressed. And it's probably one of our biggest fights is he's like, I hate how you handle when you're stressed. And it- I spiral. It, I, or I, yeah, I guess I like pile like, Your anxiety on. gets so high when you are stressed out. He goes, I can't handle it. And he's like, he's told me before, he's like, it's the ugliest version of you. I hate that version of you. 
And he's very honest. Oh, he, I mean, that's him being loving. <laughs> like, well, it was, that's why this was a really good thing to do with a couple of my neighbors because we really yeah. talked to each other about how we saw like the the sort of outward traits and like how yeah. what our motivations for those behaviors like might be and it, that was that was really really helpful. The point of it is to really uh, you know adjust your behaviors. So Kayla, sorry I'm calling you out so many times, but you know if you feel it's like okay, you're getting into <laughs> that stressful spot, understanding oh I'm about to go there right now. And being able to understand why, right? And then like adjusting that. And that goes for for all of us, right? If we're able to um, understand those things, then we can change those behaviors about ourselves that we don't like, that are unhealthy. Um, And then, like I said before, understand those behaviors in others. As moms, with the knowledge of knowing our behavior types and what our intentions are behind those behaviors... Does it develop? I know we're, you said we're we're innately born with like our types, but as moms, does it develop our kids' wings or like other strong things of their type because of what we're requiring from them as people or anything? Like how, how does that affect our children? Yeah, that's a great question. And so a lot of people, you know, always ask me too, like, how do I know my kid's type? And like, I can probably, I can sit here and joke. I always say my daughter is probably a seven because she's like a maniac, Um, but (laughs) in all the best ways, right? She's just very adventurous for a one-year-old. Um, but the, the truth is like, we don't know their motivations. Right. Mm -hmm. And so until they have the language and the ability to truly sit and think about why they're doing things, which often we recommend is not until they're teenagers. Um, so with that being said, we're obviously shaping things about them in their life, right. As moms do their Enneagram type will not be shaped by us. Um, You know, it's, it's like that nature versus nurture yeah, thing where yeah. you can only change them so much. We're, yeah. we're not going to shape their Enneagram. Yep. And you know, what's so crazy is that, so I have three kids and they're so different. I mean, they're the oldest one is eight. So he's not quite to where we could type him yet, but he is who he is. I mean, yeah. to a T yeah. and then, you know, the three, my three-year-olds like just such a different person. And I raised them the same. I mean, I might've been a little bit like I might've been doing a little something different. Right. Um, Or life might've been a a little different, but uh, they're so different just naturally. So can we shape behaviors, but we can't shape intentions? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Help them be the best version of. So wait, okay. So how do we go in? Like, because I I truly feel like kids when they're young, it's like the things that you do. Okay. So like family, for example, when you're teaching kids when they're little about family and for me and my extended family, like family motivates everything. Right. Mm-hmm. So they're born knowing those things. So if those are, if those are things that we're trying to kind of like, I mean, for lack of a better phrase, beat into them from a really young age, it's like family matters, family matters. I love right? that like, that's the phrase you chose. <laughs> I know, I could have said anything, but beat into them was the right one for tonight. No, just kidding. That's um, how, how do you reconcile that some of the things that you're teaching them at, like from a super young age don't change their motivation for doing things? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Cause I'm not, I feel like <laughs> that's so hard, right? Like yeah, as a mom, hard. you're like, I want this person, this little person to be the best 
that they could be. But I think that's part of like relinquishing some of the control of being mom too, you know, and, yeah. and letting them truly figure out who they are. Um, obviously there are morals and ethics and values that we place on our kids um, simply for, you know, being who we are and what's important to us. Um, but if you think about those morals and ethics, like being a good person, you know, that's a behavior. Um, and so yeah. you're not going to, you know, be like, no, um, you know, I, I think that it's important for you to want to feel loved and liked, you know, mm-hmm. it's just going to be something that they feel um, internally and if they're to and, and, you know, go through life that way. That's it does make more sense. Yeah. I had read something like I mentioned when I was telling you that I would think I'm a three is I had read something about, you know, being a performer as a little kid. And it makes me think that that really didn't matter. Right. It was like, I was a shy kid who ended up not being scared of a stage because I was on it since I was little. So it's more like, yeah, that was the behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And to go along with that, you know, sometimes parents and family relationships can make it difficult to figure out our type, right? Because if they have um, taught us to be a certain way or to value certain things, then maybe that's the type that we assume that we are. Yeah. I had, I can think of one person whose mom was a one, you know, very into like order and organization and things like that. And she just assumed that she was a one because she was taught to be that way. But in reality, she was actually a three who was more focused on, um, you know, earning that respect from other people, um, being seen as as competent and capable, things like that. So as a three, you need to slow down and chill. Yeah. As a two, I need to not be a helicopter. What as an eight? I didn't get that one. Like as a mom. Did we decide what? I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure what I am, but I'm also curious. Did we decide what, what Corey is? Do you feel strongly that you're a three or do you think that you could be more? Cause I was just sitting here reading sevens. I was curious. What do you, yes. what are you like, you know me really well when you were reading about that, like, what were you finding? And Ashton, I'd love your input of like, I, I'm not even competitive. Like I'm, I'm competitive with myself, but like, I love to collaborate. I don't need to, well, I'm not like at, a center of attention person, you know, what I mean? like, type like type seven, right? Free spirited, adventurous, strong, intensity seeking, quick minded, creative, natural leader, um, I don't know. I, I don't know I, that, but I do, I, I am curious. That's why I feel like I don't I know. Definitely I definitely have that thing of I can't slow down that we've yeah. talked about. With yeah. Sevens like, have FOMO. Sevens also can't slow down though. Yeah. It's just a different motivation. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. So I need to dig in more and then everybody listening should go check out Ashton's new. So I think you book. just need to have me back. You know, I, think, yeah, I was just thinking that actually, I was like, we need to really dig into our types more and it would be so much fun to have you back on because I feel the same. I feel like we could just talk about this yeah. forever. Also, can you just come to Nashville, bring your can baby? Can we just have a girl's night and we'll just get a bunch of wine? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so Ashton, can you tell us about your book? Because I feel like that's a great starting place for people you should go Congratulations. Thank you. And also you're doing all this as a mom, which I think is <laughs> with a of, a new, of, a, of a young <laughs> child. Yeah, you're a new yeah. mom. So first of all, congratulations. Thank you. Um, I do feel like producing this book was, you know, similar to producing a baby. (laughs) Another baby. (laughs) Um, So my new book came out um, this week. It's called The Enneagram Made Simple. It is a really good starting place. Like I'll just, you know, put it out there. There is a um, self-guided assessment in the front 
um, so that people can go through and, and answer questions related to a specific type, but it's just a great tool to learn more about yourself and, and to hopefully connect with others as well. I guess we won't keep you here all night. Yeah. I guess we'll let you go, but uh, <laughs> we love you and appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks us. so much for having me. And Jen, I hope you feel better. And Thank you. Yeah, you too. We'll be in touch soon. Thanks. Awesome. Yes. Thanks, Ashton. Right. Bye. 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 Today's episode is brought to you from The Russell, a historic East Nashville boutique hotel whose mission is to give back to the Nashville community. As of 2021, Mission Hotels have donated over 100,000 meals, showers, beds, and supplies to those experiencing homelessness in Nashville. Visit Mission Hotel com to book your experience today. Your name is Mom.